Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. You have tuned in to the afternoon show at Faith Radio. I hope you uh, have had a great day. We're going to talk today about uh, finding solutions right now for your anxiety. And if you have some, you don't want to budge. So in the meantime, our, our, our guest, Todd Mulliken and Rosie, you and I love when Todd comes because guess what? We get nice beverages I know. from one of those overpriced coffee shops. <laughs> it's so sad, but we were excited about this yesterday, Todd. At the end of the day, I went, oh. Todd's coming Todd's on. Coming. That means a I know, I know. Goodness. And what am I doing right now? I'm enjoying a nice afternoon latte. I know, right? Yes. And I have some, what's the name of this tea? It's, it's a so strawberry good. acai refresher. Ooh, Ooh, and it's working. I'm refreshed <laughs> for sure. So That's that good. makes a difference. It so, yeah. does. It's oh, that little, just a reason. little so sweet thing. That's the reason Todd is on. Oh, wait. I, <laughs> we I, I, I said, can't really I said say the, that on air. I said the quiet part out loud, didn't I? I feel terrible. No, no. But Todd is a, a professor and a therapist and a, uh, an author, and we're always glad to have Todd on because I love your biblical perspective, and this topic that we're going to talk about today, Todd, is anxiety, and we want to help find solutions right now for anxiety. And maybe there's a listener right now that knows someone who's struggling with anxiety, so we want to talk on moving from what if to what is. That's mm. going to be a meaningful uh, topic, so... Um, what is your opening statement? <laughs> that it is the most common issue in the world and that Jesus said, be not afraid, fear not a lot because he knows it's something that we all struggle with. And so it's good to know we're not alone in that and that God walks alongside us through it and that it is a very common issue in our world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it'd be good to hit some scripture with this. I think uh, Paul does a wonderful job in Philippians 4 talking about this area and some real practical things we get to do that I know for sure for me, I forget to do. (laughs) And I think it'd be good to walk alongside each other with this and talk through it and see what we come up with. I would love that. And I'm listening very carefully today. Gotcha. Yep. So let's do Philippians 4, uh, 6 through, let's start with 6 through 9, if you're okay with that. Mm -hmm. It says, be anxious about nothing, or be anxious about, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I think the first thing to realize is that if we had 10 of us in the room, a handful of us would be more vulnerable to just a general medical condition of being anxious more than somebody else might be. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people that are vulnerable to physical ailments and we have people that are vulnerable to uh, mental health ailments and they're really no different. And so when we can accept that and understand that, that helps us realize like if I have more of a propensity to becoming anxious more quickly than than my, uh, one of my siblings or my 
spouse or my friend, that doesn't mean there's something that's wrong with me more or that I don't have enough faith. Yeah, right. It's a big one. It's Mm -hmm. more like I just understand that about myself and actually I see where it comes from. So I want to throw that out there right away, Bill, just that uh, for those of us who maybe don't feel anxious very much. We have other things that we struggle with, other battles, but this one isn't ours. Just know that you get to be listening and walking along with people that you know that do battle it. And for those of us that do battle it, know that we aren't alone and it is more common in any other mental health condition. Yeah. And Todd, that's really good to remind people that they're not alone because they feel alone. Todd Mulliken is my guest. He is an author and counselor and therapist, and you can learn more about him at toddmulliken.com. And I want to talk Uh, more taught about anxiety and how we move from what if to what is. So if we're understanding our anxiety and we come to uh, grips with what it is, we can understand, I don't know, what it is. (laughs) You said it perfectly. I'm trying to take this very simple question and statement and trying to make it sound more um, complicated. (laughs) This is what I'm doing. And I... I need to take another sip of my beverage here that <laughs> well, you brought because I'm staring at it the whole time. Bill, you give talks sometimes, don't you? All the time. Yeah, right. So you give a lot of talks. You ever found when you're giving talks, like all of a sudden God is kind of speaking to you about that topic? Has that ever happened to you before? You like in the, the moment? To- <laughs> or before that talk? Yeah. You know, oh, yes. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So I gave a couple of sermon series on this particular passage. And uh, a week before I had to give the sermon, I, had, I went on a mission trip to Columbia. And the day before I left for the mission trip to Colombia, I still didn't have my passport. And it's a long, convoluted story I won't yeah. bore you with. But anyway, what I found, is I think I was going to be getting it the day I was leaving mm. and hoping for that. It's gotten a close time. It's gotten really close. Uh-huh. And, you know, it just was that thing where we let it expire and then we worked for eight weeks trying to get one. Mm-hmm. And then, so anyway, I was really... So one day after I got off the phone with people saying, you will get it tomorrow, which will be the day before you go, which, yay, and that's what they were giving me the reassurance about. Mm -hmm. I left my house, I went to the workout place 15 minutes away, and I, by the time I got to the workout place, I didn't realize I was even there. I realized I spent the 15 and a half minutes completely consumed by what if I don't get the passport. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think I went through any stoplights or stop signs. But you know what I mean? I just ruminated on it. I was obsessed on it. I couldn't let go of it. And I did it for 15 minutes in a row. That's all? (laughs) I would have done it longer, but I had to You're a pro. (laughs) And I would have done it for an hour if I wouldn't have bumped into the realize that I'd stop and go out and work out. Yeah. So I guess what what I just want us to all validate is like, we can get into that rumination house and just hop in there and just spin. Oh, and, and go nowhere. It's the what if house, and it's not. It's so. What's what was interesting for me as I was reading this passage for the you know hundredth time at least was, oh, and oh, wait a minute. In every situation, what I get to do there in minute two of minute fifteen, mm-hmm. I get to just maybe slow that down and realize, hey, Holy Spirit, come on in here and help me with what is probably likely to happen or. Help me with probably what is true here. And help, I, help me move a little bit from the what ifing I'm doing to what probably, you know, help me, spirit of truth. Oh, yeah, what is probably going to be happening here? But I, I did not slow down enough to even think about that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Mm-hmm. Is that what you do when you feel that 
anxiety coming on? Do you invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit to come into the middle of your circumstances, or do you go into the rumination house and start playing the what-ifs? That's something I, I, I think my listeners, their default is going to be, I'm going to prayer. Mm-hmm. That would be my, my guess. Yeah. yeah, and that's and we just get to do that. I know, right? and it's, it's and, the best. And I think it's just easy to forget to do that or uh, just get so used to doing that in our free time that, you know, when you hear First Thessalonians pray unceasingly, that just said, well, can we just relax on that a little bit? What does it mean to pray unceasingly? Well, this is an example of praying unceasingly, just bringing the Holy Spirit into this process since that's the advocate that's been left for us by Jesus to do that. So that's the first part of when anxiety hits us and moves us into what if thinking Mm -hmm. is trying to slow down enough to remember, because I'm going to be off the rails here a little bit when I'm there in that what if house, I'm just not going to be at my best. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be overwhelmed sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so when we bring God into it, it just helps us slow down enough to try to reason through it a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. And then what verse 7 says is, you know, as we do that, then God will guard our hearts. And that's kind of what I was saying earlier there. By bringing the Holy Spirit in, I've got a little bit better shot then to guard my heart from too much what ifing and maybe going more more expediently to what is true and what is likely to be true. So my heart gets guarded there more by God because I'm being more protect. I'm allowing myself to be protected. I'm just here. I'm being comforted more. I'm being encouraged more. So I think in the garden variety of life, like that circumstance I just mentioned, uh, whether we battle anxiety or not, it, I think it's just a good reminder for us whenever we find ourselves, what if in, mm. How do we slow down enough and say, you know, God, just help me with what is true because I'm really struggling with what is true here. Mm-hmm. Todd Mulliken is my guest, and I am always glad, Todd, when you remind us to say, uh, Lord, remind me what's true mm-hmm. because truth is what resonates uh, in our hearts and minds, right? Absolutely. Otherwise, we're listening to lies or we're thinking off on our own, creating things, scenarios, what ifs that just drive us crazy. I do. Yeah. And I don't know why my voice just went up. But it did. I was trying to make a point. Crazy. Yeah. Because that's how I felt a little bit the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Anxiety. Lots of it. And and I would take it right to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't walk away feeling 100% refreshed. Right. I would go, oh, I'm still feeling it here. But I've given it to the Lord. Yes. And then I try to speak the truth. And I do. And I, I you know, I have that moment of feeling refreshed. Yeah. And then guess what? Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There it is again. Yes. So. Yes. And so what we're getting it's a discipline. to. Yes. It's a discipline and it isn't a one-off, right? It's a transformative move that we get to do. And it's, it's about living in the tension of that, but knowing we have an advocate to, to comfort us. Mm-hmm. It's not about a, a moment where we then never worry ever again. And there's a you know, propensity. It's a natural condition to, if I'm out in the middle of. Snelling Avenue at four thirty. I might get hit by a car. I'm worried about that. Well, it's good. I'm glad I'm worried about yeah. that. You know, because that's healthy worry. It's healthy worry, mm-hmm. right? So, but when I go to what if, then I've got to watch. You know, if I go to worst case scenario and then hang out there, that's when I really have got to just remind myself. Yeah, you know, Jesus, remind me what's 
who are the players involved here? What is true? What's their story? What am I seeing? What is true about the passport? Here's what's likely to happen. Here's what's probably true. And let me just rest in what is true. Even if the truth is hard, let me rest in you in mm-hmm. your arms with that. Yeah. Todd Mulliken is my guest. If you are looking for solutions uh, right now for your anxiety, that's what we're going to be talking about this hour. And maybe you have a question for Todd. You can certainly text it over 877-933-2484. Or maybe you know someone who is struggling with anxiety. This will be an important hour. We will focus on God's word and we will uh, pray for you if you need prayer. So text it over. Any question you might have to 877-933-2484. so much for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. If you enjoy what you're finding here, consider subscribing to some of our other Faith Radio podcasts, like mine, for instance. You can search Susie Larson Live at myfaithradio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Welcome to the show. Todd Mulliken is my guest. He's a, a therapist and counselor and author and professor. And you can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. And Todd, spell that last name. M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. So toddmulliken.com. All right, Todd. Lots of questions coming in already. There's people that have uh, some great insights and questions. All right. Great topic today. I appreciate you addressing it. My question is, how to manage anxiety when you're someone who not only has anxiety, but somatic issues? In other words, I tend to fixate on my body and worry about medical conditions that I don't even have, fearing that I will die and something horrible will happen all the time, even though I know it's unrealistic. So my anxiety turns into inner focus, even with even further fears. Boy, that was so powerful. That's a lot. And so normative. You know, one of the most common releases for anxiety is in the area of somatic issues, which is our body issues. So we can hyper-focus on our body and can land there. One of the five most common ways obsessive-compulsive things are shown is through somatic issues. So this this reader is saying it beautifully where it's one area where the what-ifs can land because we're concerned about our health. And so when I have a a predisposition to anxiety and I have a hyper-focus in that, in that rumination, it can land on my big right toe. Mm -hmm. It can land on something specific in my body and I'm going to the what-if house. And the more time that I spend, that we spend in the what-if house, the more, uh, the worst case scenario ends up feeling true. And so it ends up happening with people with somatic issues. They will go to the doctor, they will for sure think it's the worst case scenario and they will, that's where they'll go in mm-hmm. their mind. So uh, what we get to do with that is realize that the best we can do is hear an alternative view, you know, from God or, you know, even from your doctor, you know, so when I work with people that have somatic mm-hmm. issues, I'll say, well, you know, when is your next appointment? Why don't you go in and hear, you know, the medical 
and what they're saying medically. So you hear that truth about what is going on medically. Mm -hmm. And then they'll hear that, you know, there isn't anything that we can see medically here. And so then what we do from there is then go back to verse six and verse seven and try to rest there, try to camp there, try to create another way of thinking. So Bill, you mentioned before the break that like we go to the, we got what if, and then we're refreshed, but then we can go back to what if. Yes. Right. So yes. what we're doing is we're realizing we're kind of watching with the Holy Spirit. Oh, there, oh, I'm going to the what if, got it, you know, versus shaming ourselves from going there. I go, oh, but there I go. And God's, God's walking with me there. And, he, you know, come on over here to the house of truth. Let's go over here. Here's what is actually true. And then what Paul says in verse eight and nine is finally, brothers and sister, whatever is true whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen in me, been put into practice and the God of, put that into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So the idea here is as this person, as I am, as whoever's battling anxiety is in the what if house, then they go to, they spend just a little bit more time in the what is truth house, Right. I just, I just noticed I spent 10 minutes, or for me, I spent 15 and a half minutes, woo, ruminating, right? Mm-hmm. And now I get to, with God's help, go over to what is true about not only the passport issue, not only about my physical health, but, and what I'm grateful for, because we're supposed to kind of give thanks, not um, for, but in all things. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing our petitions with thanksgiving to God, because we're for, you know, for the love he has for us and we're grateful for all of the love he has for us and so then when we start thinking about what is true more often it just gives us a better shot to say you know it's you know there's a 93 percent chance that what they say is true about the passport and it probably will come and here's probably what is true and if it isn't true well here's my plan for that hey it's likely that the last time i went to the medical doctor here's what they said and and this this uh, this listener has amazing wisdom hey i know god i know i struggle with that Thank you for joining me in the struggle. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge my struggle and I yield to you. And I am so grateful that you're holding me through the struggle. Mm. So she's allowing herself to be held or he's allowing himself to be held by God in the struggle and acknowledging the struggle. And that's the first part. Cause sometimes as Christians, we might not acknowledge these. I have a problem with fear or anxiety and what's wrong with me. And mm-hmm. do I have enough faith? And geez, I'm, I'm sinning too much or whatever versus you know, you wouldn't say that if you have a degenerative left knee, okay? You wouldn't say that if you had a, a left knee issue that's got a family history of knee issues. You wouldn't say that. <laughs> so don't say that about this, okay? It, it's physical and mental conditions are similar that way. So how do we, you know, not get so hard on ourselves about that, but just know we get to bring God into it more and have him hold us and have him comfort us through the struggle. Mm-hmm. And then start focusing more time in the what is house. So now I'm in the what is house and how does it look? Well, here's what is true. And here's what I'm excited about with a mission trip. Here's what this person's excited about, about the good news about their health, not the bad news. Here's what I'm for. Mm-hmm. Here's what is lovely. Here's what is true. Here's what I'm grateful for. And it's just creating a discipline, Bill, that helps us spend more time in what is true and Paul invites us into that. You know, he invites us into, hey, when we're what ifing, which is normal to do, how do we get over to what is true? Because once we're there, boy, it really it starts to feel like we're, you know, there's hope. Mm-hmm. You know, there's hope, even if we're in tough situations. Mm-hmm. 
Todd Mulliken is my guest, and Todd, uh, I'm just going to try to push back a little bit because I love this idea that we want to go and speak truth to ourselves, and we want to um, not go into the what-if house, but how do we process circumstances where, uh, let's say, the car just died, and I'm just being let off, I'm just being let go from my job, Yeah. and all of a sudden, I got another chunk of bad news, and then another chunk, and this all happened in a week. And how do I speak truth to myself and try to maintain some kind of uh, um, comfort and peace when I really want to race into the house of what if? Yeah. And so sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, what is true is not good news, right? It's hard news. Okay. You know, here's what is true. That's helpful then. Yeah. You. you know, what is true is hard news. And then maybe bumping ahead to the next set of verses, which, you know, talks about kind of my next steps with this. Uh, verse 10 through 13, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So the, the key takeaway for us, whether, like you said perfectly, where, where the bad news is piling up all day and yeah. there's just issue upon issue, the good news is, is what I'm going to start doing is pursuing contentment in that, not... That makes sense. Like I'm in, I'm in really in need right now. It's not going well. Mm-hmm. I'm not in, I'm not in the field of plenty. I'm in the, I'm in where Paul's talking about need and I'm in want and it's scary and it's hard, but I'm going to go to what is true with this, which is hard, but I'm going to have God comfort me. So even if the truth is hard, I'm allowing myself to be comforted. So for example, Bill, like uh, if we're in a, in a situation where somebody has really hurt us or somebody is uh, doing something that really feels egregious or and we have natural anxiety around that, the contentment isn't like, oh, isn't this wonderful? This is happening. But the contentment is like, God, give me the strength here to see what is going on and what is true. Here's what is true about what's going on as best as I can tell and what the Holy Spirit's guiding me through. This situation is really hard I think I need to set boundaries. I see this person's story. I see what's probably going on in their story. And I'm going to be less defined by what they are doing to me and more defined by what I want to be doing. And so, and the only way I know that I can get there kind of (laughs) is to say, give me out of this rumination. Because once I'm ruminating a lot, I'm much more, I feel is much more inadequate. I feel I'm, I'm way ahead of my skis. I, I feel like, where is God in this? I, I feel really lost, and the worst-case scenario is going to continue to happen. Yeah. Whereas when I go to what is true, it doesn't mean it's perfect. It just means, okay, God, you know, give me contentment in this hard wilderness right now. Yeah. And contentment isn't like, wow, this is amazing. It's just like hard, but I know whose I am. I know where my identity is. And I actually, as I think about it, I can probably see the story I'm in here. Mm-hmm. Todd Mulliken is my guest. You can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. And we're talking about anxiety today. And if you have a question or um, a comment, you can text it over to 877-933-2484. And we'll be right back with lots more with Todd in just a minute.
It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you've had a great day. And uh, Todd Mulliken is my guest. We're talking about anxiety. And if you have a question or some uh, comment you'd like to make or clarification on something Todd's already said, you can text it over 877-933-2484. And Todd can be uh, found at Todd Mulliken, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. All right, Todd, a question that came in is, uh, what is the best way to address someone that's having a panic attack? How can we help them understand they're not alone? Mm. Um, and what about if we ask if we can pray for them? I've rarely had anyone say, no, they don't want prayer because working yourself up in anxiety is terrifying. Oh, golly. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That's really well great. said. So the, the main uh, diagnosis we have for anxiety that we usually refer to is called generalized anxiety disorder. It has uh, excessive worry. Uh, irritability, feeling keyed up and on edge, and restlessness. And what can come from that is, and what can come from that is a, occasional vulnerability to panic attacks, right? Which feel like heart attacks. So they're no fun. But the truth is, the truth is, they get better. Good. Right. That's happy you know, news. The, the truth is 30 seconds to a minute and a half later, you feel like you aren't going to die. But those 30 seconds to a minute and a half, it feels like you are going to die. Okay. So the, the comfort of walking alongside and just holding the person in it and, and being there for them and offering to pray, but also giving them permission to just be, you know, let their body kind of get through the anxiety, right? It's it's a process the body goes through when it's been building up the anxiety for a while. Uh, that's how panic attacks can happen. Now, some people have a different disorder, which is called panic disorder, Bill, which comes unexpected, and panic attacks come unexpectedly, and usually that shows up in their mid-30s, usually more of a, a genetic condition that can be treated more, typically more medicinally. But the same thing happens where they get through the panic attacks, and then they see you know, actually, I did get through that panic attack. So when the next one comes, here's the, the breathing. You know, I want to do my body's just running hot and I, I need to slow it down. And and prayer will certainly kind of help me a little bit knowing I'm going to get through this in the next minute and a half. And this is really hard. And so sometimes the medicine can help. And sometimes, you know, prayer is always something to be adding mm-hmm. to that. Another question uh, came in. Does medication for anxiety sometimes lose its effectiveness and need to be replaced? Sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody, every body is different. Every situation is different. Some people, you know, receive an anti-anxiety and it's a game changer for the rest of their life. Some people receive an anti-anxiety medicine. It doesn't help at all. Some people, uh, their body tolerates it and then they go to something different and their body adjusts them to that different one. So it's just really, really important to know as Christ followers, this isn't a one size fits all thing. Uh, Cause I think what tends to happen uh, is we hear a story about a third cousin who had a horrible experience on this medicine, so nobody should be on that medicine. Or actually, my brother just found like this one was amazing, and so everybody's got to be on that. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So, oh, each, yeah. so each case is uniquely different. God has made us each uniquely. But yes, a, a very wonderful point. In some cases, uh, it loses its effectiveness. The body tolerates that, and so they will try something different or wean off and try different uh, ways or supplements or different things that can help. But 
um, with severe, usually you find Bill like with the more severe mental health issues like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, severe anxiety, you know, crippling depression, then medicine comes in as an adjunct uh, more, much more often as a, a, one of the primary ways of doing, dealing with it. Mm-hmm. But again, with, when we have friends, you know, we have to understand each condition of anxiety is very, very different. Some can be very, very, very mild. Some can be very, very severe. Some can be right in between. Mm-hmm. All right, Todd, this question is a little off topic, but I do want to ask it. Um, this uh, is a question about raising children who have borderline personality disorder or narcissism and how also how parents can take care of themselves. And this is beyond a strong-willed child. Um, sh- this child has kind of told mom that, uh, I charmed all the doctors into her many psych ward stays. And she said, I'm not charming and the doctors aren't stupid. Yeah, and so I'm guessing the child is not a child, actually. No, it's an adult. Adult, right? Yeah, yeah but it's their kid, right? So, yeah. yeah. So somebody has, as we've talked a couple of shows ago about borderline personality disorder and then maybe the last show, or, and we've talked about narcissistic personality disorder. So with those disorders, those usually, you know, evolve over time and get into their adult life. And so uh, a specific question was more of kind of about what do we do with that or boundaries mm-hmm. around that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so you're hearing, you're hearing that borderline person say that because one of the symptoms, especially with narcissism, uh, but also can be there with borderline when they're splitting, when they're really, uh, when they're really in that phase of abandonment and is, is the ability to exploit. Okay. The question more specifically is how can parents take care of themselves take in themselves. the midst of this? Yeah. Yeah. So again, the key here is empathy versus codependency. So I, I see their story and I see their mental illness and I see their struggle. And I also see a part of that is exploitation, you know, being exploitive and manipulative and things that are difficult and hard. And But I'm not going to take that on. The way I'm going to care for myself as a parent is I see their story. I understand their story. I'm praying for them. I have empathy for their story, but I'm also creating good boundaries. I'm going to say when they say that, I'm going to say, God, that lands really hard for me, honey. And to know that you were exploitive, that, that's really hard to hear. Tell me more about that. You know, mm-hmm. So I'm going to walk alongside them in Jesus. I'm not going to write them a check emotionally and enable them or coddle them, but I'm also not going to dismiss them or be defined by what they're doing. Right? I'm going to walk alongside with empathy in Jesus because I know, I know whose I am and I know the power I have in Jesus is to walk alongside that person. It, but it helps me see their story and the mental illness they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I take it on, if I say, well, if I would have done this, this wouldn't have happened or the woulda, coulda, shouldas. And now I'm starting to feel inadequate. Now I'm feeling less than, now I'm kind of not reminding myself of whose I am. And just, it's easy to to slip out of that awareness that you know, our identity is in Christ and God loves me for who I am. And so that's the key for the parent is not taking it on, but walking alongside. And when I'm codependent, I'm taking it on. I'm defined by what they are or aren't doing too much. Mm-hmm. When I'm empathetic, I see them, I see their story. You know, I'm hurt, I'm frustrated, I'm joyful, I'm all over the map, but I'm, I'm content in, in who I am in Christ as I'm walking alongside them. Mm-hmm. Todd Mulliken is my guest. He's a counselor and author and professor. We're talking about understanding and treating anxiety. And we've referenced Philippians 4, verses 6 through 13. We're talking about moving from what if to what is. And it's always good to speak in truth and uh, reality. So 
Another lovely comment, uh, Todd. I have more peace when I trust that the Lord will take care of my family and friends. All I need to do is remain in prayer and keep my peace. I'm setting healthier boundaries. God blessed me with healing me from anxiety. Wonderful. I love that. That's so good. And, you know, you heard in there that it doesn't mean the story changed, but this person set good boundaries, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's really a key piece of it. Like I'm feeling, this person's feeling more at peace because of what's happened and how they're managing the situation in Jesus. Whereas sometimes I think what happens to us, if the situation doesn't get better, then what am I doing wrong? Or I'm taking it on still mm-hmm. versus setting boundaries toward. So the setting boundaries is another way of, of building empathy and understanding because we set boundaries, so we're not. That helps us not take it on. So that's a great one-two punch of, yeah. of really recognizing who we are and being, you know, letting God comfort us in it and comfort us in it and comfort us in it and setting good boundaries mm-hmm. if we're in a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Another question, Todd Mulliken. Uh, my youngest son has been through quite a lot in his 18 years. He's almost died a few times. I struggle with anxiety and thoughts of him getting hurt or dying every day. Your thoughts, maybe I have PTSD. For sure, she would have that potential, or he would potentially have that. No, this is talking about her. Oh, her, sorry. Yeah, your thoughts that maybe she has PTSD because of the amount of worry and anxiety that she's struggling with. I didn't know if the parent is a she, you said? I I don't know. Oh, that's what I was saying. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I was saying, you know, the parent would would have that because they've witnessed something that's near death. So they could meet the criteria for it if they're having a lot of uh, trauma responses. So yes, they could have that. And one of the responses would be is what we call hyperarousal symptoms. So we're going to go to the what if house a lot because what almost happened, look what almost happened a few times. The person almost died. So the what, you know, the what. There's a track record here, Todd. There's a track record, right. So we're not in denial that what is true is really, really hard. Um, but what I'm doing with the hyperarousal symptoms is I'm realizing, yeah, here's where I'm going. I'm going to the place of what if, because what is that has happens really hard. So I'm just scared, Lord, hold me in that. What is true today? What do we know about the condition of my son and what is true? And what am I for in his recovery? And I'm scared and I'm just acknowledging Jesus. I'm really scared because mm-hmm. of what's happened. And that's a, a, a beautiful acknowledgement, but it's letting the Holy Spirit hold you in that and comfort you in it, which doesn't take away the the pain, mm-hmm. but it, it allows that comforting uh, piece of the Holy Spirit to just just to remember whose we are. Mm-hmm. And Todd, I, I will say that <clears throat> that I do have a lot of prayer requests that come in. I have stories that come in, and I hold on to these stories, and I I, I take them home and I pray over them and. There's this beautiful little 13-year-old girl I'm praying for now. I won't mention her name, of course, but she struggles with uh, a slight autism and she has no friends at school. She gets uh, made fun of and bullied and she doesn't want to live. And I think this poor, dear um, um, little girl breaks my heart. Yeah. And I'm just praying that, that God will give her that little confidence that she needs mm. to weather the storms of bullying and weather the storms of uh, right now, maybe not having the friends that she wants. Mm. But, you know, you talk about anxiety as a parent, as kids get ready to go back to school yeah. and you're sending your 13 year old back to school, 
and they don't have friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how heartbreaking is that? That's so hard, isn't it? That's so oh hard. My, yeah. Yeah. That's why these verses help just gives us the strength as a parent to go, golly, I really see what she's going through. I really see it. And I, I see her uh, autistic spectrum issues and I see that and I hold her in it and I'm, I'm for her and love her and I'm building confidence and contentment so that she's taking these attributes she has and is having some slight autism and using those as strengths, you know, and then being grateful that she herself is not a bully to others, but that she's, you know, she is a strong young woman who's yeah. not going to be bullied. And that's a great point because yeah. hurt people are going to hurt others. They are. Isn't that just a natural response? And so I get to realize I'm, I'm grateful that I'm not bullying others and, that's a way to kind of reframe the narrative, but mm-hmm. I, I love your prayer posture. It's beautiful. Well, beautiful. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great privilege to be able to do that. All right, Todd Mullican is my guest. We are going to take a little break and come back with more on understanding and treating anxiety. If you have an anxiety question or an anxiety concern, or maybe you're just suffering tonight from anxiety, God bless you. We will pray for you. We want to know how we can better understand what it is you're going through and how we can pray. We really do mean that. Uh, we don't want you to live in this torment that you're in. We want you to have a, a freedom in Christ. We want you to know what's indestructible, what can't be removed from your your heart and mind, who you belong to, your identity in Christ, and God will get you through any storm you're in. Period, end of sentence. All right, we'll be right back in a minute. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com. Todd Mulligan's my guest, and he is a counselor and therapist and professor and author. And we're talking about anxiety today. You can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. That's M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. We're talking about anxiety today and uh, moving from what if to what is. And we've uh, had some great questions coming in. Todd, here's another one. Uh, as a cancer survivor, I get very anxious before and during my annual scans. And when I hear of others who get a cancer diagnosis, um, what recommendations do you have? Yeah, just validating that uh, anxious reaction is is normal to have that. It's a, a, a trigger response. It's yeah. a, a trauma response from being, you know, having that worry and having that fear and being exposed to that. Mm-hmm. Right, and then also going and and the other thing to remember about anxiety is it's usually louder as we're going into something that's anxious. So the apprehension, the the apprehension is almost the loudest time of anxiety. So usually, what I say with anxiety is the fear of the unknown. And once the unknown becomes known, then more often than not, we're less anxious because mm-hmm. then we at least know what, we, what we're going to do with it. Yeah. Right. The, so the, the beast at the is, door has a name, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. you know, because the 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 possible scan could say it's back, yes. and that would be the beast at the door, right? Yes. Um, and so that would be—I I don't know why I use that reference. It's a stupid reference, but yeah. uh, 
you have to go through that door of anxiety, right? But now I know, now I know what I'm dealing now with. Now I know what I'm dealing with. Right. Yeah. And here, I can speak to that, you know, that force or that opposition in my head saying, I'm going to speak truth to my, to myself. God's in control of this. Yeah. And boy, I just want to validate what this person's going through because that's when it's loudest is the apprehension before. So I think the the last few verses are the the key for us as we're in what if a lot, especially before that appointment, right? And trying to go to what is is tricky and difficult, but I am going to know that I'm content in Christ because I know whose I am and I know that God is holding me in it. And now I'm in, I'm in a, you know, I'm in the valley of, of, of need here. I don't, I'm not feeling like I'm in the field of plenty right now. I'm feeling yeah. like I'm in deep need. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm really clinging to God as I'm awaiting the results. But I know that God is for me and holding me in it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I really appreciate that. appreciate that question. Yeah. Another one, Todd, I recently went through an anxiety over a coworker relationship how do you know if it's Satan or anxiety? It's a good question. Great question. There's plenty you know, of spiritual a lot of warfare time, out there. Yeah, right. It's not one size fits all. I mean, Satan's you know, you know, roaming the earth and the father of lies and wants to you know come in there and be the inner critic and work yeah. us over. And family of origin messages matter, and our biology matters. You know, so. I just say that's why we're always, you know, I'm always not listening to the inner critic. You know, I'm not, right, I'm going to rebuke the inner critic, whether it is my biology or Satan or my family of origin. And oftentimes it's all three. You know, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just Satan. Sometimes it's, you know, we, we really feel like, hey, you know, sit, you know, get thee behind me, Satan, but I still have other anxiety stuff that's coming in, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I always think it's a good idea to recognize that, uh, you know, Satan's alive and well, but also like we have to realize, like, if I have a bad left knee, what I think Satan's telling me, I got a bad left knee, right? So we have to realize like, it's not always Satan, right? but we're always going to be on the lookout. Like, you know, I know whose I am. I know the victory I have. I know the power that I have so that if I'm feeling harassed or feeling tormented, you know, and I feel like Satan's a part of that, I'm rebuking that. I'm all over that. I'm claiming that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Todd, what is the best way to support a loved one who is often anxious? How do you uh, how do you balance showing empathy, expressing spiritual truth, and not enabling them? Yeah, so I think the key first thing is walking alongside and validating. Like, oh, it sounds like you're really worried. I get that. Tell me more about that. You know, tell me more. And it doesn't mean you're their her ther- you're their therapist, but you're just your first goal is to validate and try to understand because usually the person that's getting it out, that's going to make them a little bit less anxious by getting it out a little bit. Typically, like they get it out, like whoop, and I get it out, and so I'm hearing that. I, I don't think I'm coddling if I'm you know. So I have to make sure I'm not kind of trying to solve their problem. Or remember when I brought my wife in here and we talked about depression and mental health, you know, that person doesn't want to feel like a project. Right. right? So, which is easy to do if I don't have anxiety and the other person does. So I think we err on the side of, golly, tell me about that. I love you and for you. And we err not on the side of fixing it, but really having empathy for it. Mm -hmm. And so, which can include like, you know, picking our spots of saying, golly, I see it you know, I validate where you're at, sweetheart, and I get the worry. I do. I get it. What do you, anything I can be doing right now? So we create the invitation. Is there any, you know, what can I be doing to be helpful? Mm-hmm. We're, we're bringing that invitation versus fixing or solving. Mm-hmm. Todd, let's spend the remaining time we have talking about contentment. Okay. Contentment, because I would, I would say that is going to be the, the opposite of anxiety. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but. 
Uh, contentment is in the peaceful feeling area of the, yeah. feel, of the feeling sheet. You have one in your refrigerator, don't you? The feeling sheet? Oh, yeah. 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 So peaceful feelings include content, being content. And I just love the way Paul calls that out, and he called it out from prison. So whether we're in plenty or in want, I, I've learned to be content in all things, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So contentment isn't complacency. It isn't denial. It isn't arrogance. It's just, you know, it's the spirit of being at peace with knowing whose we are. And I, it, what it, it helps me do, it helps me realize, yes, I, I struggle. Oh, boy, I just went to what-if house for 15 minutes. Oh, I see that. God, thanks for showing me that. And that was hard. And, yeah, and I know you're for me, and thank you for being with me in the battle. Versus, you know, lack of contentment would be, as well, I'm going to think about that tomorrow as well, and what if, and what if, and what if, and so I just want to keep kind of coming back to center there, Bill, where I'm going into the what is truth house. And what's in that truth house is God's comfort and care for me. And that gives us the best chance to pursue contentment versus living in fear. It's mm-hmm. not an either or, but I'm running towards contentment, which right now I'm trying to be content with four things in my life that are really, really hard. <laughs> so it's not like, and I'm really in the wilderness and I feel alone in it. And, you know, Paul's saying to be content in that. What does that mean? Well, it means I'm trying to be at peace with it because I know whose I am and I know God is holding me in it. And here's what I think is true about this situation. And and it could be really hard, but you know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to go to what is true because that truth gives me the power to say, here's what I think is true about it. And it's really scary and really hard. I'm going to bring all those feelings to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so the contentment posture bill helps us be at peace with who we are versus being defined by the most difficult person or situation that's in our life. And I don't know if you're anything like me, it's much more easy to be defined by the most difficult person, the most difficult situation, and that's defining my day versus me coming forward with contentment and that posture of contentment in Christ to, to address the situation of the day from my space in Jesus in my time of want. Mm-hmm. Todd, speak to this beautiful God-fearing person right now that is thinking to themselves, I don't know how to go find this truth because I don't know if I know God's word very well. Mm. Sometimes I think you you will make a beautiful statement about mm. going to what's true. And I think, well, first you have to know what's true yeah. before you can go to it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so maybe they're not having the, the, they don't feel equipped or they don't equipped have the resources. Yeah. So I know it's a deeper subject, but as we pray, people are going to grow in their faith and get to know him better. That's one of the goals I have every day on the show, that you will know him better. That by knowing him better, you can take your concerns and things and your anxiety to him. It's mm, really well said. I, one thing that's been helpful for me this year is just doing the year in the Bible with my wife, and we're knocking it out most days. And God, we get an Old Testament, we get a Psalm, we get a Proverb, we get a New Testament. Just a, And I find... Each one of those four things, like, oh, that really helped. Oh, that really helped. It's, it's help helps us to gain more of that awareness because we're exposed to the word in a in a practical way. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm. any way that you and I can get into the study of of His Word in a way that's a rhythm or a practice for us, that really helps. And the other thing that helps is in our prayer time, even if we don't, you know, and we're trying to get it more exposed to the word and learn more about it mm-hmm. in our prayer time, we're just really bringing these specific requests to God and just kind of being, being quiet in it yeah. and, and listening and slowing down. And that's another way we get to know him more. Yeah. Just and, kind of bring him into that. Yeah. And we don't have to have 
a full understanding of no. his word to take our concerns to him. No, right. Well said. And the scriptures even say knowledge puffs up, love builds up, you know, so right. the love I'm receiving from Jesus and knowing I'm loved and Lord, I don't know the, I don't know your word yet very well. I'm struggling with anxiety and, you know, hold me in that. And, yeah. Hold me. What a great word. Yeah. Just hold me in it. Cause, yeah. I, Cause I know you comfort and that's the, the, you know, the, best gift of the Holy Spirit is it provides comfort for us. Yeah. I will never our suffering. leave you or forsake you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same yesterday, Beautiful today, thing. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Todd, this is such a big topic and talking about anxiety is, um, one where it touches so many lives and especially it seems like the last couple of years, well, it's been so off the charts, off the charts. Yep. Yep. You've seen that in your counseling office, haven't you? It's been a lot. Yep. A do lot. Get, do you have your own anxiety? I do. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned the 15 minute rumination yeah, right. spin I did. Yeah. yeah. So I have vulnerability to that myself. And, and, and so I get it. And did the passport show up? <laughs> the passport came. It <laughs> came at the Adina office at 1030 and she left saying, uh, I left saying, I'm not going to have my passport. And then she, I got in my car and she said, it might get here by six, but we don't know. It may not get in our hands in time. I said, oh, I'm leaving at 620 in the morning tomorrow. I'm not going to have my passport, I guess. But what is true is that, you know, God will figure it out with me. And maybe I won't be able to go to Columbia. Maybe I'll go on another flight. You know, that's what yeah. I mean. Anyway, I'm backing out of the parking lot and she's running with it. the package just oh, came in the express. Oh, like, I love woo! it. Love, love that it. story, right? Yeah, it's a great so story. So it turned out really well in Columbia. Yeah. It was beautiful. So Yeah, fantastic. Todd Mulliken has been my guest. Todd, thanks for being here. Always great Thank to you, have Bill, you so in, much. in the studio. You can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com, M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. That wraps up our show for the day. I want to thank the gentleman for Guy Talk and all the great questions that came in and all the comments that came in today for Todd Mulliken. Have a great night, everyone. I look forward to being with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.